my sister, the one who took the fall. Eve, my sister, mother of us all. Lift up your head, don't hide your blushing face. The promised one is finally on his way. Almost not yet. This baby comes to save us from our sin. A servant came, this kingdom without end. Almost not yet. You could probably tell from the moment you stepped into the lobby today that the Crosspoint Elves were here earlier this week. Did you guys notice? Yes. Was it shocking or, or kind of a pleasant surprise? Pleasant. Yeah, it's kind of nice to, to get into the holiday uh, spirit, and this really is a wonderful uh, time of the year, and, and there's lots going on. Um, I think we're calling it the December schedule, but it leaks into January the 1st. There's lots coming up. 
this, uh, this year, and I think all the parents, instead of singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year, it's like the, it's the most busiest, craziest time of the year, but either way, there's lots going on. And so you'll see that uh, we have regular service times until the 18th. Uh, next week, we have this hot chocolate social. Did you notice the, the coffee station is now in the fellowship hall? It's set up on purpose for that reason. And so next week you'll be able to get lots of different hot treats and maybe even some whipped cream and some extra stuff sprinkled on top if you so desire. Uh, the following week, this has been kind of, uh, I guess, a tradition here at Crosspoint to do the ugly sweater competition. Some of you, uh, you didn't realize that you were in the competition. Um, But anyway, uh, there's a prize for it, and so you can be prepared for it. It's just a way to have fun here at church, and all ages can get into it. And then uh, the final Sunday before Christmas, uh, there's probably different ways we could have named this, but the, the Christmas Cookie Social, uh, BYOC or something like that, I don't, I don't know. Whatever you want to do, but wouldn't it be great if in between services after services and things like that, we were able to connect even with those who are in a different service than us, and so uh, we'll have some things. We'll stock up too, but why don't you bring some, some Christmas baking? You, you know that you don't want to have it all to yourself. Uh, I think it was last year and probably the year before, and even the year before that where, you know, I usually like ramp up and, and gain an extra five pounds, and then it's like hard to burn it off like the next year, and then you gain another five the next year and so on. Anyway, we're not trying to contribute to that, but we want to have some fun. Uh, Christmas Eve is Saturday, December 24th this year. Um, it's a, a three-service day uh, Two, four is also online, and then 6 p.m., and so we want to invite you out for that. Uh, Christmas Day, Sunday, uh, that's a day for family, for friends, for, for get-togethers and things like that, so we will not have a service. We're going to cram it all Saturday, but then the next week uh, for New Year's Day, we're going to have one combined fun service at 11 a.m., so you can sleep in, because I know you guys stay up late. Now, a few years ago, I was with some friends trying to, trying to ring in the New Year, and I think like the, the clock like past 10 and we were all like, we're good, right? Like we can, we can call it a night. And so uh, we, we went to bed early, but we, we were certain that the new year would come even if we weren't up to watch it. Uh, but we're, we're going to have a really fun time uh, together. And so although it's busy, there's going to be some lots of great things going on, including the stockings that we're going to participate in filling once again. But it is Christmas season. Uh, it's this, the first Sunday of Advent. And so we've, we've lit this candle, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Uh, but for, for me, uh, the last several years, my mother-in-law would get Kelsey and I each an Advent calendar. Do you guys still do Advent calendars? Uh, even a couple years ago, Bruce had his own. It was not chocolate. Uh, it was, it was kind of stinky, but, but he loved it, and he waited every, every day, and he didn't care what day it was. He just wanted it every, every day. But, but for us, from December uh, the 1st until Christmas Eve every day, what, what, what we do is that they're, they're the same. They're the lint ones. Those are awesome, and so that's a real nice treat from my mother-in-law. And what we do, we get them out, and we count down, and, and we have all of the, the, the things closed just in case. There's no cheating, no peeking, and we go three, two, one, and 
and then we grab it and we try to find the correct day and then the winner, I mean, still gets the chocolate inside, but it's awesome. And I love, did you ever get the umbrella in there? That's kind of funny. Uh, but some days they're the really small chocolates. Other days they're like little teddy bears or something, but it's, it's really a good treat. Um, what about Christmas music? Did you already start playing some tunes? You got to hear some this morning. You'll hear another one uh, a little bit later. Uh, for, for me too, it, it's the, the movies, usually closer to Christmas, a little bit closer. There's a movie or two that I have to watch every year. Sometimes when we're putting up the tree, we have it kind of in the background and just the ambiance, right? Uh, for me too, it's, it's like uh, not just the Advent candles, but you know, the, the candles that make you feel like, ah, oh, it's Christmas. And so because we don't have a real tree, uh, I actually found one yesterday at a craft fair. It's, it's a Christmas tree smell. And so the candle does all the work for you and it just, ah, oh, it, doesn't it take you back? And so those memories are really good. The ambiance is good. What about gifts? You look forward to, to getting different gifts, especially now probably to giving uh, gifts. But, but for me, I was thinking back on what, what are some that stood out either that I gave or that, that I, I got to receive. So there was one time I might have been 11, 12 years old, and, uh, and it was a great day at my grandparents' house, and everything, you know, was, was opened, or so I thought, and I just thought, well, this was a great day. Let's get ready for turkey or whatever we're going to have, uh, but they said, uh, I think you're missing something. And I'm like, no, like anyone else in here, you've got the eye, you know the night before what you're getting and you're like scanning it or maybe you're up super early and checking it out. So I was like, no, I I looked, I I checked every every spot in this living room, you know. They're like, no, check this over on the tree. And uh, do any of you put cards in the tree? Any, anyone here? Yeah. So, so sometimes you might miss one of those. It's like, ah. Oh. Uh, now, I love cards, but sometimes you don't think, well, that's, that's a card. That's not a, a gift to open. But uh, So I look over in the corner of the tree, and there's this card, but there's a string attached. And I was like, that, that's weird. And because, you know, I was only 11 or 12, I was like, well, it's not a Lamborghini. Like, it's, 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 I'm not going to end up out in the, out in the yard, or I didn't think so. Uh, so I, I started following it, and it goes through the hallway, and then it goes into our little kitchen, and then it starts going downstairs. And I'm like, what is downstairs? And so as I got there, it was a pool table. And it was awesome. And so for the rest of the day when we weren't, you know, uh, eating or, or, or getting everything set up, me and my cousins, my uncles and everything, we were, we were shooting pool in the basement. It was a great memory. But sometimes it's the surprise. But other times it, it's, it's the expectation. It's the hope of what's coming up. And so we're in this series called Soon. And that song, wasn't that awesome? So uh, I charged Blair with, with coming up with an idea for, for Advent. And sometimes it goes along with a song or sometimes... Uh, definitely it's still with, with scripture, but this is a combined thing where there's an image that you saw on the screen, and there's that song as well that's kind of a, a, a paired um, kind of concept. And so we're going to be talking about that through this series, but to me it's really exciting. There's this lyric that I want you to, to kind of see and read and, and hear once again. You just heard it, but let me highlight this for you. Th- this lyric is, This baby comes to save us from our sin, a servant king, his kingdom without end. And it's great, it's poetic, it it even rhymes a little bit, but I want to talk to you about a few of the passages of scripture that stand out to me from, from this area. And so again, this baby comes to save us from our sin, a servant king, his kingdom 
without end. Well, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1, and, and there's, there's a few uh, of, of the birth stories in, in Scripture, and, and one of them is found in Matthew. And in Matthew 1, it says, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And sometimes when we, when we read that, we're like, well, we already know this. We, we've heard this. And because of tradition, thankfully, we get to hear it often. But sometimes uh, we, we forget the significance of, of, of who's hearing this first, why that's important, why his name alone is important. And in Hebrew, it's, it's like Yeshua. It's very close. It's actually uh, the same spelling as Joshua from, from earlier earlier, like in the Old Testament, uh, but what it means is Yahweh will save. And so Yahweh being the Lord, God, like the specific name that they, the, the Jews wouldn't even utter the, the name, and so often we just see Y-H-W-H in, in Scripture. Or in, in English, we often will see uh, that, that it's, it's completely capitalized, Lord. And what this means, this, this name Jesus is, is Yeshua, Yahweh will save. And so there was a period of time where they were expecting God to do something for for him to show up in this miraculous way. And so part of the reason we call it Advent is because we're we're awaiting an arrival. We're awaiting something to happen. And and actually, we're we're still waiting for, for something else to happen. We're actually in between the first Advent and the second Advent, which is significant. And so when we celebrate it together, uh, I love the song "Joy to the World," and it's and it is a Christmas song, but it's also if you read it again, like maybe listen to it and, and look at the lyrics uh, and think of it in the future. Don't just think of it when when Christ came the first time. Think of it when He comes and after He comes the second time. And I think you'll see it with with a, a new perspective that it's when He comes in His fullness to reign forever. And that is amazing news. And the name of Jesus alone, the name of Jesus brings hope. In his name, it's built in that, that there is hope. And so of all the different names that we could call him from Son of God, Messiah, the, the Christ, and there's so many more, his name alone, Jesus, brings hope. There's another spot in scripture in Luke. Uh, there's, there's a few different things going on where there's an, an announcement about John the Baptist about to be born, and then there's an announcement of his cousin Jesus to be born. Both are significant, and, and, and they tie together. Uh, but this, this is what Mary hears. Gabriel comes uh, to her, and, it, and it's kind of the shocking thing when an angel shows up. Um, I don't know exactly what he would have looked like, but I'm sure she would have not expected uh, his FaceTime call. Um, and he says, he will be very great. He will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That is good news. Back in the spring, we were in a series called Crowns, and we had this idea about just how it's really all about the kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, the kingdom of God, uh, the coming kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. There's all these different ways to, to think of it, and Jesus, we believe, is the king, but, but why king? Uh, it, it seems a little bit outdated, uh, but there's, there's a purpose for this. God initially was, was supposed to be king and, and acted like king in many ways, but the neighboring nations, they had uh, physical 
men as, as kings, and so Israel is a little bit jealous. And so to paraphrase, uh, they, they finally, they, they sought after this, this man named Saul. He became the first king. He was head and shoulders above everyone else in Israel, and he was supposed to be this kind of warrior king. Uh, but although he looked great on the outside, on the inside, he didn't quite have the character necessary or the heart for the Lord uh, to do what was necessary. And David ended up becoming the second king, and it was kind of the shocking thing because uh, the Lord sent uh, the prophet Samuel to the house of Jesse. And, and, you know, I won't get into the whole genealogy, but it actually is kind of an exciting thing to see how God set this up from generation to generation for this to happen. And, and, and it wasn't the oldest son, and it wasn't the tallest or anything like that. But as, as Samuel saw this oldest son, the Lord kind of uh, let Samuel know, no, it's not him. I haven't judged him by his outward appearance. I know you humans do that, but I actually look at the heart, and David was chosen, but it was many years later that he became king, but the Lord made this specific promise to David, this, this new kind of covenant that, that actually uh, your kingdom will never end, actually one of your descendants, and he wasn't sure if it would be like his, his, his like next son or a grandson or a great-grandson, obviously it's generation after generation before Jesus comes, but one day he would come. And so this message from Gabriel, there's different commentators that, that point out these five things that Gabriel is actually mentioning in, in, in those two short verses. This is one of them, that Jesus will be great. And, and, and it's not just to say good or great, like, as in like, oh, that's great, that's great news. But no, he will be great, as in like high. And, and the next thing that he says is that he will be called son of the most high. They refer to the Lord. There's all these different names to refer to him in reverence. But the son of the most high is signifying who this would be. This is the Messiah, but also the son. Um, that he would receive the throne of his ancestor David's. And so this is the promised one, the, the one that they've been waiting for for generation after generation. There had actually been this dark period where uh, the prophets, it didn't seem like there were any more. It, it didn't seem like for about 400 years there, there wasn't any more news. Um, there, there were people that came and, and maybe even said that they were the Messiah, but that kind of fizzled out. And so there was this dark period in the history of Israel where they were waiting, but all of a sudden this Jesus, is Gabriel's announcing, no, he's the one to receive the throne of his ancestor David. Not only that, but that Jesus will reign forever. That's significant, and it seems to, to also connect with the fifth point, that Jesus' kingdom will never end. Uh, they, they are similar, they're related, but that's a, a separate announcement. And so as Mary is receiving this news, not only that she's about to be pregnant and then give birth, but the significance of, of who is in the womb is, is, is probably kind of shocking to her, to say the least. And so as Gabriel makes this announcement, the listener now, the reader, is, is able to pick up that this, this Jesus, it's not random, it's not just a random person that, that has um, some sort of extra gifting or something like that, but no, he, he will be great. He's the son of the Most High. He's going to take the throne of his ancestor David. His, he will reign forever and his kingdom will never end. That is, is packed in two short verses. Well, I have just one more uh, verse out of that opening uh, line from the, the song that I mentioned, out of the song, and it's actually from Mark. And this isn't part of the Christmas story, but it's part of, of that lyric, and it's part of the purpose. Uh, near the end of 
of Mark chapter 10, uh, Jesus says, for the Son of Man, that's what he often referred to himself as, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, as you can kind of see, and, and there's been this, this gradual progression on, on the platform here as we've made some changes, and now obviously the trees are up and, and there's lights and all of this, uh, but, but doesn't the wood paneling kind of remind you, someone mentioned it the other day, I think it might have been one of our Christmas elves as we were setting up, like it, it kind of puts you in mind of a stable, a, a little bit or a manger scene or something like that. But notice in the middle of it is... The cross, although this Jesus, this, this one that came as a baby, was going to take a throne first, he had to go and die for us on a cross. And so this one that came in a manger, there were years ago, uh, it was years ago here that we had a, a Christmas series called Stable. And it had many meanings, but, but one of them, Stable, would be another kind of name for a manger. And we had a scene up here, and the manger eventually was disassembled and reassembled as a cross, as a reminder of the purpose in which Jesus came. James R. Edwards puts it this way, not simply a principle of the kingdom of God, as Jesus is saying here, but a power of his own life that is authoritative and transferable to his disciples. So he's saying that the Son of Man came not to be uh, served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, that, that part is unique to Jesus, but the rest of it and the service and the humility is meant to be taken on by his disciples. And so as we're recognizing and, and we're humbling ourselves to worship the king and we're, we're reminded of, of him coming as a baby and we're reminded of the stories of, of different people coming to bring him gifts, tributes, and, and to bow in, in worship of him. We are to worship him, but he's trying to make a point uh, that he had a purpose, a purpose to serve. And so as he comes this this uh, status that he comes with, that, that he's going to be great. Well, he actually humbled himself as though he wasn't. He is, but he humbled himself as though he isn't. And, and the position that he takes on the throne is, is one of, of service, but we are to serve him. It's just that we're meant to take on his characteristic to serve one another. So those three things kind of connect together. And as we're thinking about uh, him, him coming, not just in a manger, but, but also to come and give his life for us as a ransom for many, uh, the cross signifies that. But sometimes we get to Christmas, and, and I've, I've heard preachers say before, you know, you get even to Christmas Eve, and it's like, how do you say a thing that we've heard Ch Charlie Brown uh, teach, and we've seen it in the movies, and we've heard it, and we've read the story, and, and you know, the nativity scene kind of brings all this back to, to mind. How, how do you preach something fresh on it? Well, it, it's just that when you read Scripture, and, and as I read it daily, there's definitely days that are harder to read than others. You've probably found this. But aren't there moments where it just seems fresh? And it seems like we believe in faith that it's living and it's active, and, and somehow things just pop out to you. Well, although it's coming up to the Christmas season and we're remembering the significance of that, Really, the purpose that we just read is, is that Easter, that Good Friday and Easter kind of season as well. And although we're not fast-forwarding in the church here to get there, the thought of the resurrection really is, is what I think about of hope. And I, I was saying to someone just, just a few weeks ago, not just the resurrection, but his coming again. 
See, we're in an in-between now where the people that were hearing this for the first time, they had waited and, and their, um, you know, their ancestors had, had waited. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus is on the scene. And so their, their hope is coming true. They, they had the faith, but they had no idea that they would see him come. Well, we, although we believe in faith that this has happened, we also believe in faith that he's coming again. And so we're believing in the next advent, and we're in this messy in-between where we can't really prove it, can we? And, and we can't see him physically yet because he, he hasn't returned. But in faith, don't we have the hope similar to those who were waiting for him to come in the first place? And so I think the resurrection is, the, is this kind of connection for our, our faith and our hope to, to kind of um, come together as, as one, and that's what we have. And so as I was reading this week, uh, I was challenged by the Apostle Paul. He's talking in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 about uh, so many things, but one of the things is many people at the time had been sharing how this, this resurrection from the dead, it's already happened. And, and people were like, well, wait a second. Well, what happens then if you die and it's already happened? Is it, is it too late? He's like, yeah, there's a point that I'm trying to make here, Paul's saying, that uh, our preaching would be useless if the resurrection had already happened. Now, here's what he's trying to say. The resurrection of Jesus had already happened, but that is actually the beginning of something that will happen in the future. And so as he's raised to new life, we are in turn to be raised to new life in the future. And he's saying, and if that's not true, then our, our preaching's useless, our faith is useless, meaning that our hope is for naught. And so there's this whole passage that I was reading through this week re- reminded of how we could be in this messy middle now. It's easy to look back at the first century and, and judge maybe the conversations that they were having and why they would doubt. But don't we often doubt today in, in, in what God is promising that it will come true? And I believe that it will. And as um, I would recommend that if you haven't already read On Point, uh, it's on the website as well under our series. Uh, but what Blair wrote regarding this series is awesome. It's a must read. And so if there's any homework that this preacher is going to give you, it would be to go back and, and to read that. But there's this verse that she shares in it uh, from a little bit later in 1 Corinthians 15, and it's this. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is, Christ, is a life-giving spirit. And so the Christmas story really does connect with this for a few reasons. And it connects to our exact series. As you were seeing on the screen, there's, there's pregnant Mary on one side, consoling Eve on the other. Uh, well, on, on this, we're thinking about Adam as well and, and about what happened and what kind of came through, through him, uh, but what will come and what has come through Jesus. And so this, this is kind of what happens. And, and Kenneth Schneck says, uh, Christ's resurrection is connected with our resurrection because it was the beginning of the resurrection, which we will also be a part of one day. And so this is a future hope. So we're not just lighting a candle uh, to, to hope for Christmas this year or even to remember Christmas this year, but there's so much more to hope for. And so our faith is, is really not just in the Christmas story, but, but the whole of the gospel that Jesus did come to give his life for ransom, but not just to lay it down, but to take it back up. And God raised him on the third day, not just to, to prove something in Jesus, but to prove something for 
us, and that's good news. His incarnation leads to our restoration. I thought about these words a lot uh, this week, and as we're thinking of the, the one who, who comes as a baby, uh, well, he didn't come to, to remain a baby. Uh, he came to grow up but for so much more, but this is God becoming man. This is him taking on flesh and blood, and, it, and it, he comes to lead to our restoration. And so as I was mentioning earlier that the name of Jesus, his name alone brings hope because it's saying that Yahweh will save and specifically to save his people from their sins. But it's more than that. It's not just from the sins, but it's from death. The, the greatest thing in, in this passage uh, of 1 Corinthians 15, that would be maybe, maybe secondary to reading uh, Blair's writing uh, from, uh, from On Point and, and on our series. Uh, I, I would recommend reading through this, talk, just thinking about uh, what Christ will do when he comes again and everything is put under his feet. We're believing in faith that he is king and that when he comes again, uh, it's, it's in this finality of, of there's, there's no one else that can stand against him. And, and it's talking about Paul's mentioning these different, um, these different things, these different enemies, so to speak, that he will defeat. And the last enemy is death. And so as we're hoping for something in life, we're actually hoping in life after death. And this is why it's important. Uh, sometimes when I think about, uh, about Christmas in this season, I, I definitely don't want to be a humbug, but I also want to be sensitive that Christmas can be a really difficult time for anyone of any age for lots of different reasons. Uh, I was so privileged to get to grow up with my grandparents and, and, and to, to have them in my life for so long and for me to be in their home for so long. Uh, but it's, it's 20 years now that I've been without my grandmother and she was the one to really make Christmas happen. You know, like even young kids, they're still, still you know, they're, there's a lot of hope around Christmas, and there's a lot about the production of it, uh, but it was really the warmth. It was really that when I was around her, I felt like I was home, and Christmas was, was never the same after that, although we have our new traditions now as a family, but it, it was definitely a, a challenging thing, but uh, about a year uh, before, or a year and a half before she passed, it was around Christmas time, and I, I was home from college, and, and I got to go uh, to a service with her where she used to drag me uh, to church, and I, I went along with her. And afterward, we were talking in the parking lot, and, and we, we talked quite a lot. I, I could share with her, you know, do you have a person in your life that you could share your best and your worst moments? Well, for, for me, that, that was her. And so I, we were just sharing different things, and, and somehow it, it turned into kind of a spiritual conversation. And here's the one that, that took me to church and, and taught me that Jesus loves me and all of these things. And then she said to me, it, it's, it really caught me off guard. She said, well, I, I hope that I'm good enough that when I die, I go to heaven. And man, that, that wrecked me. I, I was just like, what do you mean? Now, obviously, I looked up to my, my grandparents, both of them, but in this moment, thinking of, I wouldn't be here without you, and then thinking of all that I was learning in college and, and all that I was believing in hope in the last couple years of my life, because it was, it was maybe a year and a half or, or two years since I myself had started officially following Jesus, and I was just thinking, that, that's confusing to me that you would ask that question, and she's, yeah, I, I hope thinking of Advent here being hope, she was saying, I, I hope. But her hope wasn't in, in faith in the way that I'm talking about it. And so I just said, well, wait a second now. I think you can know. 
Now, I want to clarify that I mean no in faith, but, but there can be this, this certainty that's not a scientific certainty, and, and so don't hold me to that, but, but I just said, no, I think you can be certain in this moment, in this car, and so um, to, to shorten the conversation, I, you know, we, we prayed together, and from that moment, she felt a weight lifted off of her, and that was probably the most important sermon I had ever given. But the reason is because his incarnation leads to our restoration. Not just restoration, but our resurrection. There, there is hope in the future because of this. Not just for my grandmother either, but that's personal to me. But I just think about th- those words, I hope. And how many times have, have we seen in Scripture someone hoping for something to come and not being certain? Well, we can't always be certain if you want to go by that definition, but in faith, you can have hope, and that hope is real. I want to go back to those lyrics for, for a moment, and, and I really enjoyed that song, and so you're going to hear at least bite sizes of it uh, for the rest of the series, but it's, it's wonderful, and, and paired with uh, the image that you see, there's just so much in there that we're going to discover and uncover uh, in the coming weeks of our Advent series. But those lyrics, again, this baby comes to save us from our sin. A servant king is kingdom without end. There's a future hope, not just in his initial arrival, but his future arrival. And so that's where our hope is. And as we're concluding today, I want to go to the second to last chapter. And the worship team is going to come and they're going to lead us in a song and, and we'll worship together. But in Revelation chapter 21 uh, John, John is the same one that was leaning on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper. And, and here, this, this is revealed to him. And, and he says, I, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. That alone is good news. But this might be relevant for you today as well, this future hope. The next verse says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Why? Because Christ, he's, he's going to restore it all. He's already begun the process of making all things new. There's this renewal, there's this hope at Christmas time of, of his initial coming, yes, but don't forget that he's coming again. He's coming to rule. His kingdom will never end. Not even death can stand against Jesus. Father, I thank you for uh, the song that, that Blair brought to our attention in that image. And as there's so many images coming to mind now, we're thinking of of the hope that your name alone brings, but it's so much more than that. We, we thank you for not just the story, but for uh, what you've, you've done for us and what you will do. And so we're believing in hope. Our faith is that you will keep your promise. And so uh, these things, as we're in the messy middle now, and, and it can be difficult to say the least, that there is this day coming. You're going to make all things new. We thank you that you've begun the process, and so may you in our own hearts, may you in this church, may you do this in our homes and as we encounter others, as we continue to pray in our community and beyond, that, Lord, would your kingdom come in our lives now, and we know that it will come in its fullness one day, and we don't know the day, 
but we hope. We continue to hope for your coming and, and believing in faith that you will and you'll make all things new. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.